Yemunla, you're listening to Karo Karamo Ivi, Karo Karamo, the English version. Karo Karamo is a podcast about the representation of the Caribbean in cinema and television. I'm your host, Patra M, and this is my second special edition dedicated to the representation of black single moms in black American sitcoms from the 90s. <laughs> I'm back. Not really, because last time you heard me in English was for my first special edition. It was my guidebook on the representation of slavery in French cinema and television. It's a six-part series, so if you haven't listened to it yet, I hope you will check it out. And this and my first special edition was supposed to be my second one. The one I'm about to do today was supposed to be my first special edition. And I didn't get to do it sooner because of the COVID-19 pandemic and everything. And yeah, I just pushed it back again and again. When Netflix announced that black sitcoms from the 90s and the 2000s would be added to their catalog, I just knew I had to do this episode. It was the perfect time. So you might be wondering what's the point of talking about black sitcoms from the US in a podcast dedicated to Caribbean culture. Well, This podcast is also about my experience as a black woman. And if you listen to episode 1145 of the Carry On Friends podcast, I explain how I grew up with cultural references from black American culture because I watched a lot of US films and TV shows. That's actually how I learned how to speak English, like first time of my life I ever held a real discussion in English was during the recording of this episode with Carrie Anne in uh, on her Carrie Anne Friends podcast. If it weren't for all these films and TV shows, I wouldn't be able to speak English the way that I do. Not that my English is great, but I know it ain't that bad either. As a black Afro-Caribbean, Guadeloupean, and French woman, these sitcoms like Moesha One-on-One, The Game, Girlfriends, The Parkers are what I used to watch to feel represented when I was growing up. So what you're about to hear is a presentation I did in October 2019. I was invited by university professor Lisel Quiroz and PhD student Christelle Gomis to join a workshop during the annual congress at the Institute of Americas in Paris. The workshop was titled Family Relationships in Television Series in the Americas from the 70s to the 2000s. My presentation is called The Representation of Black Single Moms in American black sitcoms from the 90s. I chose this topic for three reasons. One, when I was doing my master's degree in history, I did study representation in TV shows only through the gender lens. I've always wanted to do it through uh, the, the race lens, so this workshop was the perfect opportunity to do it. Second reason, I'm way past 30 now. I still don't have a child, I'm not married yet, I'm basically not what society expects me to be. And I think I'm at an age I'm, I can understand better 
situations these characters had to go through from a woman's perspective and not just from a child's perspective. Black motherhood has its own specific issues when it comes to pregnancy, child education, or even how to reorganize your professional career, if, especially if you're raising your child on your own. And the third and last reason I chose this topic is because I wanted to make a Caribbean connection. I often talk about the femme potomitant the pillar woman representation in Caribbean films. I talk about it in my episode 2 with um, the film Rain by Maria Govan. I have no TV example of Caribbean moms. However, if they were to exist, I think they'd be very close to these black single moms in US black sitcoms. I am a woman who is black, but I am also a human being who is an attorney, a mother of five, and somewhat knowledgeable about history, which is why I thought I was invited here. But when you look at me, this is all you see in me, a black woman. This is what Claire Uxtable says when she realizes that she was invited in a political morning talk show to be the token black woman. This episode of Cosby Show aired for the first time in January 1989. In 2019, Claire is still one of the few black moms characters in the US TV moms rankings and list. Since the 90s, there has been no reference renewal for the character of the black mom. Now, I won't get into detail, otherwise this episode would be like 40 minutes long and you're not here for it. Here's what these rankings about the best TV moms tell us about the representation of motherhood on TV. 1. The system of representation of what it means to be a good mother on US television is overwhelmingly based on the image of the white woman. 2. The black characters mentioned in these rankings are usually from series that aired in the 90s or even earlier, so there is no renewal of references. 3. These characters are part of the classic family model where they have the status of married women in a heterosexual couple. Yet, in the 90s, the character of the black single mother became part of the diverse representation of the black family in black sitcoms. And it is actually a single mother character that has helped black women characters to move out of the role of servants from 1968 to 1971. NBC aired Julia starring Diane Carroll as widowed nurse Julia Baker. This was the first time a weekly primetime series brought to the screen and I quote Diane Carroll, a black upper middle class woman raising her child whose story was not about suffering and the ghetto. End of quote. The lack of realism, the sanitized plots far from the real concerns of black people at that time were the main criticism against TV shows like Julia and later on Cosby Show. 
but unlike Cosby Show, which relied on a traditional representation of what a family should be, Julia was subversive because it went against how black motherhood was described in the report by white sociologist Daniel Patrick Monihan, published in 1965. This report says that single mothers were considered the cause of the delay in the advancement of black civil society compared to white American society. One-fourth of black families was based on a matriarchal structure in which the father was completely absent of. So yeah, they blame the woman instead of blaming the system. So this proves what sociologist Patricia Hill Collins says in Black Feminist Thought, released in 1990, and I quote, Black motherhood as an institution is both dynamic and dialectical, end of quote. Which means Black motherhood isn't something froze in time and it defines itself through opposite forces. She describes different negative stereotypes forced upon a black woman, especially when it comes to their motherhood that has been controlled and despised since the slavery days. Blacks that come from the 90s reject these stereotypes, but how do they really manage to normalize black motherhood while still presenting it as a specific experience? To answer this question, we will analyze three black single mother characters as the lead role in a series. Thea from the series Thea, which aired on ABC from September 1993 to February 1994. Jackie in the first two seasons of In the House, which aired on NBC between 1995 and 1996. And Nikki Parker from the series The Parkers, which aired on UPN between 1999 and 2004. I will first discuss how these characters play around with the negative stereotypes to have a reassuring image for the audience. Then I will analyze how these characters can be subversive by showing black women in full control of their identity. Thea, Jackie and Nikki are black single moms. However, they became moms in a respectable way. Thea didn't choose to raise her children by herself. When the series begins, she's been a widow for at least three years, knowing that her youngest son is eight years old. Then you have Jackie from In the House. She's a mother of two. In the first episode, we learn when she moves into a new house that she's been divorced for two years. Now, when it comes to Nikki Parker of the Parkers, it's a bit trickier. From what I watched and from what I remember, Nikki dropped out of high school to look after Kim. In episode three, Kim's father makes a cameo and we find out that he first rejected Kim, then he came around and they build up this nice father-daughter relationship. What I never understood was why Nikki was called Parker when her maiden name was West. Was she married to Kim's father even for a short period of time? If you rewatch the show, let me know because it's not available on Netflix Friends, so I don't know. Regardless of if they were married or not, Nikki still goes by the name of Kim's father, 
which kind of legitimates her motherhood. Despite being single mothers, these three characters still had some kind of marital status in the eyes of civil society. That way, their motherhood isn't perceived as dangerous nor irresponsible. Unlike the image of the welfare queen, which was developed as early as the 1960s with Monihan report. The second way of making these characters reassuring is to make them walk the line between the mummy stereotype and the matriarch stereotype. Image, the mummy stereotype is from the slavery days. It symbolizes the black enslaved woman assigned to care for the white master's children. The mummy is an asexual, docile being. The most famous example is mummy, played by Hattie McDaniel in Gone with the Wind in 1939. On the contrary, the matriarch is defined by a central position in the family structure to the detriment of the father. So what makes them contemporary mummies? None of the characters are stay-at-home mom. Thea, Jackie and Nikki have a low-income job which makes it difficult for them to satisfy all their children's demands. They aren't women with jobs with big responsibility. In fact, they sometimes even worked two jobs at the same time. So for these characters, their work outside of their home is a necessity to ensure their survival and the survival of their families. As Patricia Hill Collins explains, the fixed schedule work allows black mothers to devote some of their time and energy to their own family. And that's when the matriarch image comes in. Thea, Jackie and Nikki are not stay-at-home mothers, but when they're at home, they are matriarchs always performing domestic tasks that takes place either in the kitchen or in the living room. These rooms symbolize an activity ensuring the well-being of their children. These three characters have activities outside of the home, but they are central to maintaining family order within the home while performing the domestic tasks expect of them as women. Now, the third way of making these characters non-threatening and, and to give this reassuring image is how these black single moms don't have a black support system. In these sitcoms, there is no trace of the community network that Patricia Hill Collins refers to as a safe space for black women to come together, share their individual experiences and build group consciousness across social barriers. The very logic of sitcoms is to have limited number of places and characters, but Thea in the house and the parkers feature black women who willingly stay away from the community. So I have a couple of examples. There are several occasions when the characters decide to stay away from making a connection with a black character, and especially another black woman character. So Thea, Jackie and Nikki offer a relatively reassuring and ordinary image of the black single mother. They became mothers as they were involved in a committed relationship with the men. They don't have high income jobs. They work all the time, but they still have time for their family without being stay at home moms. And they have very short interactions with the black community. 
This doesn't mean they aren't proud of their black woman identity. And this is what makes them a subversive representation of motherhood. They are looking for fulfillment in every aspect of their lives. First of all, they aren't women looking for love. They aren't on a mission to get a new husband, but they're open to the idea of dating. They're women in control of their love life. The 80s and the 90s marked a revival in black literature and black cinema with a discourse centered by and about women. Black romance gained visibility. These TV shows are part of an era in which black fiction has more diverse content and provides a representation of mothers being women too. Just think of Waiting to Excel, How Still I Got Her Groove Back, you know, all these, all these classic um, black films from the 90s. While the mummy is considered an asexual being, the Jezebel is based on the idea that black women have an unbridled sexuality. So what's difficult for this series is to highlight the seduction power of these characters without making them look like men-eaters. These characters are in their late 30s and early 40s and it shows in the way they approach love. For Thea, her being single is a real choice because she rejects a man at least once in the series. Finding a new man isn't one of her priorities. Same goes for Jackie. This doesn't mean that she gave up being intimate with men. She dates men once in a while but she says she still needs time to heal and she wants to take that time after that divorce. It's a bit trickier again for Nikki. Part of her characterization is based on her obsession with Professor Ogilvy. Hey, Professor Ogilvy, whom she arrests for like five seasons. So she occasionally goes out with other men, with good men who genuinely fall in love with her, but her heart remains set on the professor who ends up sorry for the spoiler, but he proposes to her in the final episode. So the fact that she falls in love with this man and won't look at any other man goes totally against the idea of the Jezebel. So these black single moms make themselves a priority in their quest for love and they have the same mindset when it comes to their professional career. These characters with low paying jobs are the reality of many black women. Kimberly Crenshaw presented a, her concept of intersectionality in 1989 and she highlighted the discrimination black women face in the workplace because of their gender race and social class. These sitcoms feature characters who succeed in transcending their condition, or at least they try to do so. Each character tries to rise on a professional level. Thea becomes a chef and is offered the management of a restaurant, although she has no experience in the field other than cooking for her family. On the other hand, Jackie randomly turns herself into a legal advisor whenever a situation asks for it. Although she has never studied law, Nikki's main focus is on graduating from university. She even works odd jobs when she needs money to pay for her college fees. She's determined to get her diploma and move up the professional ladder. These single moms are women that won't let motherhood define them. They're just not women though. They are black women and are vectors of cultural transmission. As I mentioned earlier, 
Sitcoms such as Julia and Cosby Show were criticized for their lack of authenticity about the representation of black culture. In the 90s, hip-hop culture took off and moved to the mainstream scene. The black sitcoms of the 90s reflect this black cultural duality between the unchanging values transmitted by mothers and the cultural creativity of the era celebrated by children. What are the elements of black culture that we get to see in these TV shows? First of all, there's the soul culture. Thea symbolizes the idea of the matriarch showing her love through food and being a great cook is what gives her the opportunity to move forward with her professional career. She turns her family skill into money-making skill and it's all thanks to soul food. The In The House series represents black culture mainly through music. Jackie knows the codes of hip-hop culture since she can make metaphors using Tupac or she can dance the Tootsie Roll. Moreover, LL Cool J being a well-known rapper and Jackie being portrayed by famous director and choreographer Debbie Allen, any reference to hip-hop would almost turn a scene into a meta-reference. Nevertheless, while being comfortable with youth culture, Jackie also cares deeply about soul music. Since her son Austin is able to name several Motown singers, and in season two, her daughter Tiffany and her best friend became a dancer on Soul Train, the, the entertainment show that aired between 1971 and 2006. The second element of black culture this TV show represents is the faith in higher education. Patricia Hill Collins describes the difficulties that black women face to be recognized in the academic world and the need for them to include themselves in any discourse or attempt to theorize the status of black women. She insists that all black women, regardless of their social background and level of education, are capable of analyzing and even theorizing the oppressions they experience. When it comes to middle-class black mothers in US TV shows like Vivian Banks, they usually already have access to a certain level of education that they passed on to their children. With Thea in the house and the Parkers, we can retrace the evolution of this conquest of the academic world by black women. Thea doesn't have a higher education. From what we see, she probably didn't get the opportunity to go for a higher education anyway, but she's doing everything for her children to get the opportunities she didn't get. For Jackie, it's different. She says in her introduction monologue that she doesn't have a low degree, but that she paid for her ex-husband's higher education. She waited tables so that he could become a lawyer. Her sacrifice prevents her from claiming a well-paying job, but she sometimes turns herself into a lawyer on the spot to give advice, especially to Marion. Her character believes in higher education to get a better social status, but the character doesn't have the legitimacy to claim that status. Last but not least, Nikki as a character from the late 90s symbolizes the social rise through university that Thea and Jackie didn't get to do. Nikki graduates from university and is promised to a bright future. 
It's interesting to note that her daughter Kim actually doesn't graduate. Nikki stopped her several times from dropping out. So Kim pushed through, but it wasn't enough. However, she gets to start working as an entrepreneur or something, I don't remember. So she'll be financially independent. So Nikki isn't just a vector of cultural transmission. She ends up leaving out the value of higher education she believes in. These characters are mothers and they won't let anyone define them. They practice the power to name their own reality as Patricia Hill Collins wrote about. Like the monologue of Claire Uxtable I began this presentation with, each character gets to have a scene in which they verbally define themselves and reject the negative stereotypes they have to deal with. For Thea, she's the stereotype of the tough mom. Her threatening to beat up her kids is used for laughs, but she never actually follows through. She cares and she gets to tell them even when her children are the ones having a negative vision of her. For Jackie, she has a couple of scenes of self-definition, but here I'll talk about when she's confronted to a white single mom whose daughter bullies Austin, Jackie's son. Although Jackie tries to create a sense of complicity, maybe even some solidarity with this woman, the white mom just refuses to conceive their experiences as single mothers to be the same and that's what Jackie also realizes. The issue of race isn't directly addressed here but the scene provides an opportunity to engage in a discussion about the differences in everyday life between a white single mother and a black single mother. For Nikki, she gets to practice self-definition in episode 1. Like I said, Nikki and Kim want to join a sorority. Big Sister the recruiter keeps throwing shades at Nikki and they have a big confrontation. Big Sister wants to call out Nikki for going to university at 36. Nikki takes the words in and sends them right back. She says something along the line, yes, and I'm a mother and I'm proud of who I am. So none of these characters define themselves through what people think of them. To finish this presentation, I'll quote again Diane Carroll. In 1998, she continued to claim the right to tell stories with black people without going for a documentary format and without focusing the narrative on the black man. As controlled and despised it has been since the slavery days, Black motherhood is still perceived through negative stereotypes. However, black sitcoms of the 90s centered around the image of a black single mom switched up the narrative around the same stereotypes so that black motherhood would no longer be seen as other but as an example of what's universal. Thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Caruqueramon. Make sure to check out my website, caruqueramon.com. I'll see you hopefully very, very soon. Tiens, Bered. <laughs>